Hi everyone and welcome back to Zero Correlation. I'm Cheryl Chuvin and this is our third episode back in season two. I'm still kind of in shock but like a happy shock that I brought back Zero Correlation because for a while I really didn't think I would resurrect it from the dead. Like I thought it was fun while it lasted and you know as I mentioned previously I thought I ran out of things to say which again if you know me is highly unlikely that I run out of things to say, but even so, I felt like I took too long to bring it back because remember, my last episode was the end of May and I brought it back two, three weeks ago, so middle of November. I just thought too much time had passed and I don't know. I really didn't think I was going to bring it back, but I'm really happy I did because I enjoy it again, I think. I think. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure if I enjoy it or if I'm trying just to get back in the hang of it. But I think that's kind of the theme of my life right now. Like I'm just trying to get the hang of it and get back in into a routine and get back into it. I've been back now about two weeks and I still kind of feel like I'm living someone else's life. I'm in my apartment and I'm like, is this my apartment? Do I live here? And I'm like walking around the streets of Manhattan. And again, I get this like weird feeling of, do I live here? Like, is this my life? Is this real life? While I know that might sound strange because I've been in New York for over 10 years, which yes, by the way, we missed my 10 year anniversary of being in New York back in August, which is crazy beyond words, but that's a whole different story. But I've just been getting this feeling lately, like, I'm living someone else's life and this isn't my life, let alone real life. And it's just so crazy. And because again, I've been here for so long and I love Manhattan and I love my apartment and I love living in New York City, but it just feels different now. I don't know. I, I can't fully explain it. It just feels really, really different. But I think with more time that's passing, I might be getting more used to being back. So I think I just have a lot of adjusting to do on this like weird adjustment period and like I just need to like get back in the swing of things and like get the hang of it again and get in a better routine and you know they say like once you ride a bike you'll always know how to ride a bike I'm totally butchering the the um phrase wow sorry guys my brain just froze I'm butchering the phrase but either way that phrase does not apply to me since I don't know how to ride a bike. So I guess once you know how to do something, you'll always know how to do it. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I really just do want to get back into the swing of things. But I don't know. I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen and for the day for it to not feel weird anymore and for the day for me being back in New York to feel natural. I really did not expect that I would feel this way on my return. Like I was only gone two months and let's be real, it's Corona. What is really happening? Everyone's life is kind of at a standstill and some people are, you know, getting married, getting engaged, having babies, but overall, no one's really making the big moves right now. I don't know. It's just weird. And like, while I was gone, I decided that I needed to take up a hobby because I was told that I don't have many. But again, that's a time for a different story. So my good friend in Israel, 
she started crocheting and she is making the coolest things ever. Really cool hats. I think she's working on a scarf, some blankets and like her hats are really cool. So I was like, oh, if she can crochet, I definitely can learn to crochet. So I went out and I bought yarn and I bought a crochet needle and I watched all the YouTube videos and I did all the things. Spoiler alert, I cannot crochet. Crocheting is so hard. So anyone who crochets and crochets well, serious shout out and props to you because I thought I'd be able to get the hang of it. I thought I'd easily pick it up. Boy, was I wrong. It is so hard. I literally have been working on it now for like months, not months, maybe like a month and a half at this point. Yeah, it is fucking hard, guys. I cannot crochet. I still have the yarn and the needles and I still watch like tutorials trying to teach myself. But it was an epic fail because I really cannot crochet. And I really did want to teach myself a new hobby. So maybe I'll get it eventually. Fingers crossed on that one. I don't know. I just, I don't think I'm creative in that way. Like my hands just don't go in the motions. I know it sounds weird, but I thought I could do it. And now I think I really, really can't. I don't know. Definitely not working out for me. And again, I'm okay with being bad at things. I'm usually bad at things. I'm okay with not being good at everything. Like I'm cool with that. But I really thought this was something I was going to be able to do. And I most definitely cannot. So fingers crossed for me for uh, maybe figuring out this whole crochet thing. So as promised, I'm going to give you all the crazy, crazy things, all the tea, as you know, they say about my subletter. I was gone for two months in Israel and I thought I would be responsible and sublet out my apartment. I've heard of people doing it so many times, so I really thought it was no big deal. I thought getting a subletter is easy and carefree. Again, I was very, very wrong. First of all, finding a subletter is so unbelievably hard. Finding someone who wants to match your price, someone who likes your apartment, someone who is, you know, willing to do the dates you want, you know, all that jazz. Not easy. But I must have just, you know, drawn the short stick on subletting because, again, I will never say her name because, you know, I'm not going to like publicly trash someone I mean this is kind of publicly but I'm just telling you what happened I'm really just relaying information at this point it already happened I will never sublet my apartment or any apartment I live in ever again for the rest of my life I'm officially scarred for eternity but I'm not trashing I'm literally just going to tell everyone all of you listeners what happened so let's start off firstly beforehand she was like asking me weird things about my apartment. Like, am I going to get my apartment professionally cleaned before she comes? No, this is not a hotel. This is not maid service. I am not going to get my apartment professionally cleaned. I, of course, will clean it and not leave it a mess, but not my job to clean the apartment professionally. Like, if you want to pay for that, that is a personal choice. So that was the first thing which kind of struck me as strange. But again, not crazy, just kind of weird. Then, let's see, I was gone maybe maybe a week. And when I left, I left my apartment in 
perfect condition, perfectly clean. All my lights were working. My AC was working. My oven was working. Everything was working, working perfectly fine. And let me just backtrack for a second. Before the subletter came, I had a friend stay in my apartment for two to three days because he needed a place. So he was there, didn't tell me any problems, you know, because if there were any issues, he would have let me know. Didn't say anything was wrong. So about a week after I left, this girl tells me that my air conditioner is broken and that I left her without a working air system. And how much of an awful person am I to leave her without a working air system when it's still September and it's still hot? Well, first of all, I left her with a perfectly perfectly working air system which is also just weird that she kept calling it air system like it's an air conditioning air con if you will no one calls it air system this is new york city for crying out loud but she was screaming and yelling at me that it's broken and that i need to fix it or i need to get her something a new air conditioner and i was like lady listen i spoke to my friend he said it's fine i said if he makes you feel better I'll buy you a fan. Let me know how much it costs. And she's screaming and she's yelling. And I had so much patience at this point. At this point, I was sweet and calm and collected and very, very sympathetic. And she's like, okay, I'm going to buy a fan and let you know how much it costs. I was like, okay, great. Don't hear from her for a few days. She doesn't tell me the cost. Then a few days later maybe about two, maybe three, she messages me that the AC miraculously, yes, she used the word miraculously. That's why it's my favorite word because that implies a miracle, something unnatural, something unexplained, that miraculously my AC all of a sudden started working again. Sweetheart, that's not how electronics work. Like, let me break it down for you. If something's broken, especially in electronic, it's not going to just poof, start working the next day. So I don't know what her deal was. Maybe she didn't have it plugged in. Maybe she wasn't pressing the right buttons, even though I have the simplest air conditioning in the world. I don't know, but homegirl was confused. And poof, miraculously, a few days later, it was working again. So I wasn't a terrible human. That was the first like red flag. And even though I can never recognize red flags in dating, With subletters, I can definitely recognize them at this point. The next issue she had was that my super was doing his chores. Yes, she said chores too early in the morning. And can I ask the building for him to do his chores later in the morning because it was waking her up? Well, first of all, again, this is New York City. A super doing his job not chores, it's his profession, it is his job, at 7.38 in the morning isn't abnormal. To hear people in the hallway of your apartment building at that time isn't abnormal. It's completely normal. So the fact that she even called his job chores makes me think, wow, sweetie, you are so entitled and so condescending. But I told her, you know, I don't really think I can tell the super when or how to do his job, but We'll see. That was then. That was the second thing. The third thing a few days later is that, again, if you've been in New York City, you know we don't have alleys. Like in Chicago, where I grew up, we have alleys. All the garbage goes in the back of the house. Well, in New York, you don't have that. In New York, they put all the garbage out on the street. 
It's gross. It's disgusting. But it's New York City. She asked me if I could ask the building to move the trash from in front of the building because it's bad for her to inhale. And she doesn't want to inhale the trash as she walks by. So could I ask the building to move it? Again, sweetie, the building doesn't listen to me. The building doesn't give a shit what I have to say. So no, I'm not going to ask them that because that's crazy. That was the next problem she had. Then problem after that was, oh, my lights stopped working. And I asked her, does the light stop working or does the light bulb need to be changed? She didn't even think of, you know, oh, maybe, you know, let me ask Cheryl if she keeps some light bulbs in the house to change a light bulb. She told me I needed to call an electrician and that my electricity was broken. Again, the light bulb just needs to be changed. I keep light bulbs underneath my kitchen sink. So she eventually changed that by herself and, you know, didn't, you know, apologize or say, oh, I was wrong. Your electricity isn't broken. I just need to change a light bulb. That was the next thing. After that, she told me I had a bug infestation, apparently, um, which is funny because my apartment's very clean. I've obviously seen, you know, the occasional water bug like any other New Yorker because, again, this is Manhattan. That's normal. But I've been living in this apartment over two years and I've never even seen or heard of these bugs that she was claiming I had in my apartment. I called the building who called a exterminator who had someone come spray. No problem. But she just kept saying that she kept seeing these bugs. So they came out and sprayed again. And she just kept saying that she saw these bugs. These bugs that she said she said that she said she saw. They're called earwigs. Never seen them in my freaking life. And again, I've been home now for two weeks. I have not seen a single bug. So if my apartment is truly infested with bugs, don't you think I would see one? Also, like she put out traps everywhere. So when I came home, there was traps. Uh, None of the traps were filled with anything. So that's just another interesting, interesting thing. And then with about maybe two weeks, maybe three, I don't remember exactly, weeks to spare, she told me that my apartment is unlivable and that she wanted to get out of her sublease. And I told her, I'm like, well, you already paid me and you signed a contract, so I'm not giving you your money back. But if you'd like to leave, you may do so on your own. That is a personal choice. She didn't like that I said that. She didn't like that one bit. In the end, she ended up staying Oh, I forgot. She also told me that I I didn't know how to work my own washing machines in my building. So that was fun, too. Um, She ended up staying and it was truly the longest like seven, eight weeks of my life dealing with her. And I'm traumatized for life now and I will never, ever sublet for as long as I live. It was maybe, you know, laughable now, but it was not worth the money or the drama. But the best part is that when I come back to my apartment two months later... My apartment was rearranged. She moved my bed. She moved my dresser. She moved the things I keep on my dresser. She moved my lotions. She moved my coffee corner, my mugs, my containers, my pots and pans. She literally rearranged my whole apartment. Like, homegirl, this is not home extreme makeover. You were here for two months as a guest. Why did you move everything I, that I own? Again, I don't have answers to any of this. I'm really so perplexed by it all and I'm just so happy it's over. 
But listen, I've had crazy roommates. I've had difficult roommates. I've lived with crazy people, all that jazz. But I never thought a subletter would literally cause me so much agony. That's really the only word because it was agony. Like literally, she stressed me out so much. She gave me so much anxiety. Every time she texted me, I was like bugging out because I was like, oh God, what's wrong now? What's the issue now? I learned my lesson, guys. Never subletting ever and I mean ever again. So I don't know about anybody else, but I really think the FBI or CIA or I don't know, someone is truly listening to me in my apartment because I was on Facebook. Was it? I think it was Facebook, maybe not Instagram. I was on Facebook last week or earlier this week. I don't know. Time's still a really weird thing for me. And I got like this targeted ad of this sweatshirt and on the sweatshirt, it said phenomenally human. And I know that might not sound profound to anyone else, but first of all, I love that. We are all imperfectly, phenomenally human. And I don't know who remembers me ever talking about this because I actually talk about this a lot because it's something that really resonates with me. We're human. We're meant to make mistakes. We truly are. We're humans. We fuck up. We screw up. We make mistakes. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. Like, humans make mistakes. I've always said that. I always will say that. Like, I really truly believe it. I I believe that we're meant to make mistakes. We're meant to fuck up because you learn from it. You grow from it. No one's perfect. We're not God. And I don't know. I've, I've always said this. And I was talking on the phone to someone and I was saying, I was saying exactly this. I was saying, like, as humans, we're meant to screw up. You know, you you know, you screw up and you fix it and then you screw up again because, again, we're human and that's what happens to us. And I was literally having a phone conversation about it saying, you know, as a cliche as it sounds, that's why there's erasers on pencils because we do make mistakes and we do screw up. And I just literally got off the phone and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I literally see something that says phenomenally human and I loved it and it felt like it was really a targeted ad for me so Facebook or CIA whatever thanks for listening you know inside my house or on my phone but it also like really made me remember that it's okay to be human We should allow ourselves to be human. We should allow ourselves to make mistakes. We should allow ourselves to screw up. And I think I definitely, myself, I'm so stuck on doing things the right way. And the, you know, that's the only way. It has to be done correctly and it has to be done right and it has to be done the certain way. And if I don't get it done properly the first time, I'm such a fuck up and I screwed up and I'm so hard on myself that I have to tell myself, like, I'm human. I'm allowed to make mistakes. So I don't know. And again, I didn't buy the sweatshirt because it was like $80 because everything is extremely overpriced in this world. And I'm unemployed, so I'm definitely not buying that. But I just loved what it said. And if I had the money, I probably would buy the sweatshirt and I probably would wear it because, I don't know, we are phenomenally human. And I think we all really need to remember that. It's okay to be lost. It's okay to not know where we're going. It's okay to not have a plan. It's okay to fake it till you make it and really be skimming by every day. 
by the skin of your teeth and not really understand where you're going, it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. And I can tell you, I am so human. And I don't know. I really, it resonated with me. Maybe no one else understands the sentiment of it, but I'm kind of happy to be phenomenally human. I'll take it. I'll be phenomenally human. If anyone wants to get me a present, search the sweatshirt. I'd be very into it. But remember, it's okay to fuck up and it's okay just to be phenomenally human. It's your I don't think I'll ever get over that song. I really love it. Just a shout out to my friend Morty Weinstein, who made my theme song, made my interlude music, and made the share splitting song. He's super talented. And just a shout out to him because he's a great friend and awesome that he did that. I tell him he's the musical director of this podcast. He should definitely put on his resume. And when he's, you know, trying to get gigs at weddings and bar mitzvahs, just tell them, you know, well, I'm the musical director of Zero Correlation, so that's really all you need to know about my resume. Morty, isn't that a good idea? Shouldn't you do that? He's a loyal fan. He listens every week, so he'll definitely appreciate the shout out. But share explaining, if you don't remember, is when I take a term from Urban Dictionary or Refinery29 or Bustle or something of the like. I give you their definition, then I give you my definition, and that's really it. Share explaining is pretty straightforward, but you always got to explain just in case. This week's really made me laugh because I've been saying that we're basically in the apocalypse since March. I've been saying Corona, clusterfuck, dumpster fire, all the things. I've been saying this the whole time. So when I found this on Urban Dictionary, I was just laughing so hard because it was just it just was funny and this actually happened to me. So that's why it's extra funny. So this week's word is apocalypsing. Yes, they made it into a verb. So apocalypsing, according to Urban Dictionary, is treating every relationship like it's your last and getting super serious with someone you just started dating. First of all, if anyone knows my personal life, this is extra funny because it just is. But I think that happens sometimes that like, relationships like they just get really serious really fast and you just sometimes like skip steps and then you find yourself having to deal with things that you normally wouldn't have to deal with so early on so you're not really like equipped to do it and then it kind of all blows up but again I'm not I don't talk seriously about my actual relationships but this happened in my last relationship we got too serious too fast and it blew up in my face. I don't know about his face, but it definitely blew up in my face. It was Corona and Corona, there was nothing to do. So you're literally cooking dinner and watching movies every night. So you're seeing someone five nights a week when in the beginning of a relationship, you're not usually seeing someone that much. And it's literally as if you're treating it like it's the end of the world. Like, Again, I guess I resonate with this because this literally just happened to me, but I don't know. 
it, it kind of makes sense when there's nothing else going on and there's nothing else to do and you're only with one person. So your relationship really, really expedites and everything feels like it's going so fast. And like I've said before, it's like Corona time is like dog years. Like everything feels like in such a short amount of time that it went by so fast. But now I'm at least a happy to know that there's a term for it. Thank you, Urban Dictionary, for letting me know it's called apocalypsing. But two, it also kind of makes me happy to know that I'm not the only one this happens to. And I'm not in the belief that misery loves company. Not that doing this is misery. But I don't believe that. I, 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 I don't like that cliche. I don't feel better because other people are in something with me always. But this specifically, that I'm not the only person this happens to, kind of made me happy. I know that I have the personality that these things can happen. And if you're with someone who has a similar personality where these things can happen, then you're both really in trouble because that just exasperates the whole thing. But I like this one. If you've ever done this, apocalypsing, it doesn't have to happen during Corona. It doesn't matter if you're married now. You could have done it in past relationships. Let me know. I'm curious because, again, I'm probably not the only one, but I've definitely done this. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think it's good when someone cares, they care hard. When someone likes, they like hard. When someone loves, they love hard. I'm all about that. Passionate, fire, extremes. That's fine. But it also it doesn't usually work out in your favor. So this has definitely happened to me. Maybe it's happened to you. I don't know. But as always, drink your coffee, mind your own business, wash your hands, do your squats, and always, always, always stay away from fuckboys. I'm Cheryl Chuvin. This is Zero Correlation, and thanks for listening.